en Eviñato Arcanlayeri, los podcasts a cuidar las lenguajes gratuitas e ilias cuidas creando. Welcome to Con Langery, the podcast about constructed languages and the people who create them. I'm George Corley. Uh, up in, well, actually, across in in Maine, you're not that much further north <laughs> than me now, mm-hmm. is uh, Mike Lentine. Hello. And somebody is apparently messing with glasses and slapping things. And in sunny California, we have yet again David J. Peterson. Esenaziri. <laughs> it's just a local California expression. Which means... Magandang Gabi. Ah, there you go. It means, hello, I love you. Won't you tell me your name? <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, so how how are you guys doing? Uh, doing well. Just up in Maine. Nice, Very nice weather this weekend. Oh. How about you guys? Sun is shining, the dogs are barking. Yes, David is, as usual, sitting in his hammock doing the podcast uh, under palm trees. Uh, see how many other uh, California stereotypes I can j- jam in there? I got a palm tree right outside my door. You know, it's a strange thing for us Southern Californians to learn that people find palm trees strange. That's really jarring. Can I ask you a strange question? Do palm trees <laughs> lose their leaves in the winter? No, of course not, no. Okay, I didn't figure they did, because I've never even thought about, you know, leaves moving when, it gets, when it's that warm in the wintertime. Yeah, no, they, they don't really survive well in cold weather, so, like, if it was if it actually got cold a lot for a long period of time, they just die. But no, palms fall off just, like, every so often. And usually if they're in a public place, you have people that go and clean them up, because they're kind of big and pokey. Like, if you hit one the wrong way, I think you could puncture a tire. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. Your big palms wouldn't handle it, but I have seen little squat, they call them Victoria palms, in uh, in the British Isles, in people's yards. But they're, they're little, they're little like the size of a person. Victoria palms, really? That's uh, wow. just, that's just silly. That's just silly. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, they, they, they can have what they want. Whatever, they can, they can have them. It doesn't actually... F- frost there very often because of the currents uh but anyway we didn't this is not a botany podcast so (laughs) maybe we should move on to something that we have like maybe some kind of a clue about okay but i want to stop you just right there future podcast idea plant names in conlangs botany (laughs) (laughs) there you go Uh, I don't know about that. We'll yeah. think about that. Okay, you David? You bet. Okay. All right. So, today, or this week, we have a featured conlang episode, and the featured conlang is Asha Eel. It's, this is created by a conlanger that goes online, at least goes uh, by the name Arthe. Does she have, she, she never goes by. The, is that a pseudonym, David? It, you know it, the person. It's a it's a net name, 
And you got to say the whole thing. It's Arte Angosi. Arte Angosi. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I happen to know the story about how she came up with this moniker, um, which is that, uh, you know, I, 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 she came up with a long time ago. Uh, I think back when the internet was still on punch cards. And um, so what, uh, you know, you needed some sort of a moniker to go by online. And, you know, especially when you're a younger kid, it seems cool to come up with something cool. Uh, so what she did was she literally just banged her hands on the keyboard without looking. And what came out was two names, you know, in order, Arthe Angosi. She thought they were cool. <laughs> and she stuck with the uh. Wow. That's better <laughs> than uh, than uh, how I came up with Allock. But anyway. Wait a minute. What is that and how does it relate to you? Allock? Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, what I use on um, Zompist and uh, Conlanger bulletin board forums. Man. And, uh, yes. I'll tell you the story about that after the show, but we should probably stay on on task. Yeah, on task, so that I can tell you that. You know what my name is on IRC? David uh, J. Peterson. Damn it. <laughs> uh, IRC, I usually go by GAC most of the time. Anyway. It's handy. Yeah. Anyway, that one, um, I'm going... Huh? What? what? Uh, I was just going to throw my two cents in there. Uh, my online name that I go by when I don't want to use my name, I put it right there, uh, is just one language is never enough, just the first two letters of all of all those. So Oh. See? And people are like, is that, is that, is that, uh, is that Swedish? That's so cool. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, it's not. No, no, no. This, this, this is Swedish. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Side uh, gag on a podcast. I like it. No one, no one, no one will. Uh, I, I have to explain this for audio listeners. So um, Mike had had his name spelled out and David just typed it in differently, but except with an umlaut over the O. So I guess that would be Unleisen. Let's get to the nice Swedish intonation. Unleisen. Anyway, I apologize to Ingsve if he's listening to this. He's my friend of mine from Sweden. (laughs) Uh, Are there are there Swedes that get? um, There probably are. I I apologize if the the there there probably are some Swedes that get upset about that. Anyway, uh, so. Let's get back to Asha Eel, shall we? Let's actually talk about the thing we're we're going to talk about. So, Asha Eel, um, David, you you've known a lot about this language. You have kind of uh, followed followed it uh, for quite a long time, correct? Indeed. So you know that uh, basically you kind of date yourself by when you join the Conlang community and which languages are, you know, common to you. So uh, around the time I joined, I actually thought she had been there before me, but looking back on the Conlang list, it looks like she debuted in 2002. Uh, Arthe Angosi was one of the earliest ones. And, you know, her, her Conlang Asha'il was one then that was well known to me uh, throughout the past uh, 10 years. Uh, especially back in the early days when uh, when those of us that were there would would speak more about our languages, I think um, we we all lurk a little bit 
more now. But yeah, so Oshiel's been around uh, since the early days before the, you know, the big explosion in like the mid 2000s. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it retains its status as one of the old guard conlangs. Um, and uh, in, in addition, of course, I, I, I should mention um, it's uh, it's been around. So usually kind of the way that you uh, you showcase your conlang, in addition to you know, having a website and everything, or at least in, in the old days, was to participate in one of the conlang relays. Um, and Ashiel's been featured in at least 10. Um, and that was when I stopped keeping track of the relays on my site. It might have been in a few others. In fact, if Arthur is listening to this, yeah, I still haven't taken my turn in the schedulous LCC4 relay, but it's schedulous. I'll get to it. It's on, <laughs> it's on my plate, I swear. It's just been a year and a half. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to get to that. Trust me. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it's a, it, was a, it was a common fixture in, in some of the Conlang relays. And so um, a lot of people have gotten to see it and translate from it. Um, but in addition, and this is actually something I would hope I was hoping we'd get to talk to her about. Uh, she's participated in both of the inverse conlang relays. Um, I have as well. And just uh, for those that aren't familiar with it, the inverse conlang relays are where you give your entire conlang lexicon and grammatical description to somebody else, and they study it and learn it to the best of their abilities. And then what happens is they translate a text into that conlang and send it on to the conlanger who created it. Um, and then that conlanger has to decode this message that's written in their own language by somebody else and translate it into another language, another person's language that they're using and then huh. pass it on to them. Cool. Um, now we, uh, both Arthi and I participated in both of the inverse relays and both times. Um, and I have no idea why, um, she used my language, uh, Kamikawi. Um, and it's funny because I think I remember her saying on the list, on the relay list before, you know, the inverse relay, it's like, well, I want to do any language except for Kamikawi since I did it. And suddenly she was doing it again. So I was like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe she just gotten familiar with it. <laughs> so it was easier, man. I got, uh, I got, I got some, what, what, what were the two I used? I used Gazam Beam. Which was which was difficult and um, <laughs> yeah, it's an, we've it's, we've featured that one. That that's that's a pain. It's yeah, an it int- it's an intensely personal language and takes a lot of study to, and especially uh, with how fluent uh, Jim is in it. It's um, I think it was too much for me. It was incredibly daunting. Uh, I made a lot. He of He probably mistakes. read it with a red pen because he could probably <laughs> just see your mistakes no. immediately and still understand it. Yeah. And, and for those, um, uh, I don't know if you, you've probably never met Jim, have you? No, he, he was, he, he talked about, uh, Gazin Ben with us. Okay. Oh, so you e-met him. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's, a, he's actually, and I think uh, more when you see his expression, he's a, he's a very serious person. Uh, like, you know, he does, he does joke and smile every now and then, but, um, he's very honest, very direct and very serious. So it's like, you know, he, he, I, 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 that intimidated me because it's like it was very obvious that if I was making any errors, uh, he would point them out and probably be very disappointed in me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, uh. I, so I did uh, Gazim Bean for the first one. Oh, and of course I did Kalen for the second one because I'd always wanted to. That was nice. Um, but yeah, but yeah, Arth- Arthur did com- Arthur did Kamikawi for both. Mm. Um, 
and and she even coined a word using a very obscure derivational pattern that it's just like I got through the whole text and I'm sitting here looking at this word and I'm like I have absolutely no idea what this is. It's like what have you done here? It looks like you've just created a word, which is against the rules. You can't just create a word, you know, out of whole cloth. You can derive words using some of the established derivational patterns, but that's it. Well, that means that um, Iodia wouldn't work because I don't have enough words. Huh? Yeah. Well, that was the thing. There's there's a there's a test for being able to participate in an inverse relay. So you have to have a certain amount of vocabulary, and then the person who's creating the initial text has to, um, you know, do something that's so generally basic that it could apply to any language because you're using somebody else's, right? Um, anyway, so that that was. Um, that was that's part of my my arty experience, and um, she's just uh, she's really cool. She's really cool. Yeah. So getting back into the uh, language, we have the um, um, she has very nicely laid out sort of website grammar. Um, I, I kind of uh, I'm I'm one of those people who wishes there that that likes to have actual glosses, but. Um, I, I can get enough information out of the, these examples that it's it's good. Um, I think the way that she's laid them out, you don't need glosses, um, except for something like the the example sentences. But you know, even there, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Let's see. Well, she has um, she has two different. Um, well, she has a like um, verbs have one of these sort of. Um, complexes which with different things and uh you there's a couple of alternatives it's an it's a good always a good thing to see in conlangs you can have everything sort of marked straight on the verb or there's a couple things uh tense and um some person marking that can be pulled out of the verb as uh separate particles i think actually you just have you you have bound pronoun forms and and then uh, external pronoun forms if it if I'm reading this right. Yeah. Also, I, I think we should we should mention before going further, you know, like you know the goals of Ashail, right? Because you can't really can't really evaluate anything unless you know what it's for. Uh, so Ashail is a personal language. It is intended for uh, her con world, um, whose name I wrote down. Somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. Crisea. Sorry, her Commonwealth Crisea. Um, but at, at the same time, it started out its life as this is her first language. It was a personal language, and it has a lot of idiosyncrasies that I think are being held over for uh, what I, I was about to say was semantic, but what I meant was sentimental reasons. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, yeah, so it's being held uh, for, for sentimental re- reasons, you know, various things like that. So, um, you know, you don't, uh, when you're approaching Ashail, you don't evaluate it per se as like um, a, a naturalistic, you know, Earth-like language, especially since it's uh, taking place on an alien planet. So, anyway. Oh, there's, there's, there's certainly things in here that are clearly not meant to be necessarily um, naturalistic. And also there's, there's odd things involving, uh, we were talking earlier about the, uh, the romanization is a little weird, but 
personal language that the for sentimental reasons uh we were taught the the name Ashail is not spelled the way you would expect um right Ashail to be spelled in a rational romanization but there's reasons behind that it's just sort of what she came up with early on so Right. And she told me, she told me specifically once why it was spelled that way, but I can't remember the specific reason. But it, the point was like, that was the way she wanted the name of the language to be at the time that she came up with it. And then as things progressed and the language changed, she decided to just keep it. And so there it is. Yeah. So what else can we talk about? You, you mentioned in your notes, David, that it looks like it's fairly heavily influenced by programming languages are do you have any examples of things that are from programming languages yeah so like uh, she's just kind of uh, for those who don't know arthi she is um she's basically she is a techie she is like a techies techie nice. she is she is so techie that she doesn't even tell people that she is like if that makes sense that makes sense to me when i say it um, but, uh, so she's, you know, all, all of her site is completely hand coded. Um, it's, and it's absolutely gorgeous, but, uh, it's one of those things where it's, it's kind of like, you don't want it to show it to other conlangers as an example, because there's no way they could reproduce it unless they have her level of technical expertise. Um, so, uh, so yeah, she's, she's a programmer. She was also, um, you know, she also is, you know, of course, fluent in HTML and CSS and there are certain things that I think were borrowed directly from either, you know, HTML or programming languages, including her way of describing sentences. Um, she, I, 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 hold on a sec. I, I need to find this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find this and I'm going to read you the sentence because it amused me. So uh, entire grammar detail on page. Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Adjectival phrases. You know, adjectives exactly one word come before the word they modify. Otherwise, they come after and are usually marked uh, for which word they modify. Something I'll talk about in a minute. Now, the adjective category includes adverbs, and adverbizer is simply prefixed to the adjective. If you understand regular expressions, hyperlinked, here's the structure of an Ashayil sentence, and then there is gobbledygook. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know, I know this means something, but um, I was like, you know, if you understand regular expressions, i like, well, I understand regular expressions like hey how's it going and then it's like you know you click on the hyperlink that no leads to a that's not what page. a uh that is not what a regular expression is yeah so i know it's, it's like all this stuff and it's like no i'm not gonna read this jeez what is this? um it's on the it's on the main grammar page uh if you go to wikipedia and type in regular expression you'll get a wikipedia page on it i mean look at all this stuff numbers and symbols and all that I'm going to do that. <laughs> it's just crazy. Well, it's, it's it's definitely a different approach than what we are used to. We are used to naturalistic languages mostly. Oh, no, no. But um, it, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I was going to say, this is just the way she uses. This is, this is just here to help us understand how adjective phrases work. Right. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. <laughs> and it's like, you can't do anything with that. And then, of course, it has a little to-do note right under this. Explain sentence structure better for people who don't know regular expressions. And then she has a little winking smiley. But then she never got to that. So people like me don't know how adjective phrases work. And I'll show you. <laughs> I mean, I got, an, I got an idea. I got an idea. But anyway, so um, I, uh, so I was going to say some of the things that, that I think have been borrowed. Um, there are these... Um, 
She doesn't describe them as circumpositions. She describes them as adverbs, but I would think of them as circumpositions um, that work basically like uh, HTML tags or XML tags. Um, mm-hmm. So, for example, we have this sentence: "Le sev kanen vek gir ejesh." I'm sorry, ejesh kek. All right. And so word for uh, what that means is the woman reads when very happy. So that's like when she's very happy. But word for word, what that means is uh, reads the woman when um, very happy, not when, I guess, is a way that you might. The, like. the closing tag. Yeah, it's basically it's the closing tag. It's a, so anything that goes inside of that is the adverbial expression that modifies whatever the woman is doing. Um, and, you know, presumably you could add any number of things. So it's like, you know, the woman reads when she's happy and walking back from the store and there isn't a lot of traffic. So she doesn't have to worry about wandering into traffic and getting killed. Keck, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> uh, so so y- there are actually several um, adverbs like this or adverb pairs. I believe they all start with B and then the closing one always has a K uh, where the B was. Um, and. This isn't something that you see in natural languages, um, but I, I mean, there are certain, there are, you know, circum phrases. Uh, Malagasy comes to mind. Uh, mm-hmm. Malagasy demonstratives, uh, but nothing like this, where it's it's clear it's clear that the most obvious parallel is XML, and so it seems like that that's where those came from. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so that was uh, that was one of them. I can continue. <laughs> I was thinking of doing something like that on one of my comlangs, but uh, I didn't know. I, I was taking it basically from circumpositions, and I guess kind of a little bit of, um, you know, it's very clearly denotes where that phrase is or where that modifying uh, element is. I have a visual conlang X. It does a very similar thing. Um, I believe I actually got it from HTML as well. Um, and other than that, it's not uh, it's not worth talking about since you need to look at it. Uh, so mm-hmm. there you have it. Yeah. Well, it's there's a lot of sort of interesting things, sort of outside of even of just the the programming language stuff. I just uh, was looking at this, and unfortunately, I don't know enough about the con world to understand exactly what this means. Uh, but apparently, personal pronouns can be either non-empathic or empathic. Oh yeah, it's because it's because her her people, the people that speak it, the the the, the feline people, they are empaths. You know, like uh, like Deanna Troy. Okay, so they are actual empaths. That's not some weird term she's trying to use. Oh, and and pardon okay. me, they are like Loxana Troy. See, because because Deanna Troy is just half Beta Z, right? Loxana <laughs> Loxana so Troy is a full telepath though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, oh, is that it? Okay, so maybe they're like Deanna Troy because she's only an empath, right? Yeah, she 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 can sense other people's feelings. Yes. Okay, that's what the, that's what they are. I'm sorry. So it so I was correct the first time. They are Deanna Troy. They are not Bloxana Troy. <laughs> right. My apologies. Anyway, <laughs> you gotta so. get your science fiction slash fantasy power. Um, uh, power, um, amplifier? what am I going to say? In terminology, right. Oh, I was, I thought you were going to say I needed my power amplified, and I was about to agree with you. I do need my power amplified. <laughs> uh, 
so yes, they're 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 all empaths, and uh, there are people that experience uh, dysfunctions that should be empaths but are not. Um, but you know, basically, they all they all they all walk around knowing knowing what each other's feeling. You know. Yeah, and. One thing is that she mentions is not only do they use the these empathic pronouns for themselves, for empathic creatures, but also for, it says, for non-empathic individuals that they want to elevate to their status, like humans, which um, that makes a, that's, a, as much as the goals of this conlang are very much different from what we are thinking of in terms of sort of naturalism and stuff, that actually makes a lot of sense to me outside of the, the whole science fiction aspect of it, mm. which, um, you know, a lot of people are making conlangs for fantasy world and, and sci-fi world. So they may have these, you know, special abilities affect the language, but the idea that not only do they distinguish between creatures that have empathic abilities and that don't, but they also will sort of almost out of politeness include species that are um, intelligent into the empathic category for no particular reason other than they, they want to associate with them or something. Yeah. And, and one can, one can imagine that uh, with, with greater contact, uh, the, the pronoun system would eventually evolve you know, to such a place where it just becomes, you know, here are honorific pronouns and non-honorific pronouns, or perhaps regular pronouns and pejorative pronouns, even. Yeah. You, you could even think of, this is sort of hypothetical scenarios, certain of her creatures who, uh, of of her creatures, what are they called? I have to, I have to go back. Chrysaeans? Certain Chrysaeans who don't like humans might use the non-empathic pronouns, things like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's, that's a little tangent, but it's a good, good thing to keep in mind. You know, um, you, whenever you have, um, pronouns definitely can be sort of thrown in, uh, can, can definitely sort of take on secondary sort of polite, meanings and stuff so yeah it's good yeah. to see somebody thinking about that so anything other other interesting things in here here's one interesting thing just just wait just just stick with me here empathic if you take that h and you move it up you move it to the left a bit you get emphatic so one <laughs> i want you to imagine this the empathic pronouns could actually evolve and simply become emphatic pronouns isn't that cool? Uh, William is screaming, screaming at his computer in the future. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> uh, so, um, possession. I uh, this caught me eye, my eye earlier, but it actually doesn't seem that uh, weird. Is she has tangible possession and intangible possession? Whereas, like, she says that um, tangible possession is something that you control, physical things that you control, or um, and then intangible possession is things that you are related to uh, rather than things that you control, so your relatives and stuff. You could, you could possibly rename those 
alienable and inalienable and then kind of further um explain it but i i like i like the i like the idea that she has behind it the 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 thing about whether or not you control the thing is important in marking possession i I was literally just looking at a language that did this and i am i am scrambling to remember what it was oh you know what i bet it will be in my history (laughs) (laughs) show full history all right, you guys talk amongst yourselves. I have a date oh. with my history, my browser history. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what um, what other things? With, can uh, when you were talking about the, the levels of politeness, I was thinking of doing something like that with one of my con lines where people they perceive to be within their um, their society they use one set of pronouns with, and most. People. What I was saying was. I was going to use this in a conline, and um, I was writing a conline from the perspective... It was for a... Kind of like a story where it was someone who was studying a language out on some... some not safari, but... Um, anyways, they had one set of pronouns that they used with people within their society, and one set of pronouns and conjugations for outsiders. And it was a big thing when you were moved from one pronoun set or one register to the other. So Interesting. Uh, yeah. It was pretty cool. It's basically like, uh, you know... Like uh, Z and Du in, in, in German, except with, uh, you know, a whole uh, realm of pronouns as opposed to just uh, second-person pronouns. Oh. Is there big differences there? Right. Oh, are you talking about in German? Um, they're, they're formal and familiar forms, right? Yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, when you – apparently um, – in in German, like if you decide to uh, look, this is what my German teacher told me. I don't know if they do this anymore, but they say if you're going to move from one to the other, it's kind of like you know you mark it as a little uh, you know occasion. And, you know, you go out and maybe have a beer and say, you know, I'm going to start referring to you as do now. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's what he said. That's what he said. We need we need an actual German to find out if. They still do this, ever did this, or if this was just, you know, one of those. Karsten, Karsten, can you email us and tell us if there were, if, if, uh, David's smoking something or if he actually is right? Oh, hey, listen, I actually remember it. All right. No, no. I mean, I was told this. It's, it's, it's about whether my teacher lied to me or not. Oh, perfect. Yes, yes. Here oh. it is. It's Georgian. It's Georgian. Here we go. Okay. Georgian has the, a pos- this, kind of possession and unfortunately it's a difference between whether something is animate or inanimate which would actually really closely correspond to what's actually happening in ashail anyway but you know you yeah have- except except that uh ashail you can use the the tangible for slaves so oh oh thank goodness <laughs> well, it, it, and of course, uh, it, it isn't strictly animate and inanimate in Georgian either. So, like you know, here we have a computer uh, I have a computer, whereas zakhli I have a dog. Um, but uh, cars in Georgian are animate. So I just find it uh, amazing that you are pronouncing German Georgian on the show. At least you're not pronouncing the 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 ones that have. Uh, five constant onsets, but anyway. Yeah, this one, this one, the worst onset was MQ. Georgian hmm. also has adjectives too. But anyways, getting away but from uh, none of none of this is that. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. of course Georgian has adjectives. Uh, yeah. It didn't have any in those examples, thankfully. But uh, that's um, – no, actually, the adjectives, I think, are quite a bit of a help when it comes to stringing a whole bunch of consonants together because it's just so much easier to kind of, like, treat those as, like, you know, a little stopping point. So, like, uh, yeah. you know, the, the famous example is always with the verb to write, um, tzir, which is you know, to write. And so, you know, tzir, uh, I write, and um, how else do you conjugate Georgian? Um, tzeri, it's like I, I wrote to you. No, it's, I think it's I wrote to him. Huh. No, wait. No, that's I wrote to him, and then, and then uh, tzera, that's I wrote to you. Okay, okay. Uh, so back <laughs> off of Ger- Georgian and back to uh, Asha Eel. So, yeah, with um, the possession, very cool. And the uh, levels of the, I guess it's kind of like that different registers for the empaths and non-empaths. Well, it's not even, it's just literally just pronouns. But mm-hmm. the the idea is, I think the idea is the main distinction is empaths versus non-empaths. But other intelligent species like humans can be, be included in the empathic category, even though they're not. Um, and we're talking sci- sci-fi empathic. Humans are empathic in a, like a, we can observe other people's emotions and understand them kind of way. But, uh, Most anyway, we know that. Yeah. Unless, unless you have, uh, certain, uh, here like autism spectrum. Yeah, if you, if you have certain uh, autism spectrum disorders, you may have trouble with that. Uh, some of our listeners may be in that group. Um, so anything else really that we can pick out of Asha'il that's interesting? Oh. I think I'm... I'm hmm? Well, I wanted to... I, I had one more example I wanted to go over. Okay. Is that all right? Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Thank you for what you've done for me this day. Um, so, uh, I, I, again, um, unfortunately, um, she has a wonderful set of examples throughout her site. Uh, the one place where she doesn't that I wanted more examples was the adjectives because I wanted to see specifically how this works. But, um, basically her adjective phrases take a word before it, whether that lets you know what it's modifying, whether it's modifying the subject of the sentence, the verb generally, or, um, the, uh, direct object, um, and so one of the things that she does that's really kind of, I think, wild uh, is that there's this word alun, which can take a suffix, and the suffix is a number. So it's a number suffix, sa for one, da for two, ga for three. And it actually tells you how many words back this adjective modifies or this adjective phrase modifies. Uh, so it's like if it has, you know, if it's alunga and then adjective, it means count three words back and that's the noun that it modifies. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's really bizarre and it just seems something like something straight out of programming. Um, it, it actually reminds me of a um, of fifth of Jeffrey Henning's fifth of all things. Uh, that's slightly different and that it goes the other way uh, with its stack. Um, these uh, same number suffixes get reused with the third person pronouns because um they can refer to multiple um, third-person entities. So it's like, you know, you say, I, you know, I was with my friends, you know, uh, John, Chris, and Adam, um, and you could just start saying things like, um, 
And he talked to him about him and attach a number suffix to each one of those that will be uniquely identifiable with, you know, uh, uh, John, Chris, or Adam. Um, you can do the same thing, and it's often done uh, in American Sign Language, except that uh, it's, instead of, yeah, we know, your, we know your issues, dude. We can see you. Hello? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, they were just, was just in the middle of something. I just called you back. Uh, as you were saying. Uh, anyway, so um, in ASL, rather than having like numbered suffixes, what you do is uh, generate a series of loci, I guess, or locations around you. And it's kind of like you put a person in that location and then you can refer back to it. Um, yes. Right. Yeah, we, we talked about this um in our episode um, on um, on uh, what was it mm-hmm. uh, co-reference um, anaphora and co-reference, and we mentioned the the sign language uh, thing where you basically set a person in in your signing space somewhere, and you you can refer back to them, you can point back to them. Yeah, it's basically just a. It's just an audio way. I'm sorry. Uh, what's the word? It's an or. It's an oral way to reflect the the ASL uh, locus system. And I thought that was yeah. cool. Um. So anyway, the last sort of thing that I want to look at is she has a pretty good dictionary, I think. Um. Uh. And uh, this being a con world, you will see uh many sort of words that are related to creatures that exist in the con world that don't exist in the real, in the real world. Is this, is her con world like supposed to be an alien planet? Uh, yeah. It sounds, it seems like it. But they're just supposed to have contact with humans. Yes. Um, but, uh, sort of a lot of good, uh, places where, um, where you, um, see things that are definitely avoiding relaxy stuff. You have um particular words. What was the one that I just saw? Like is uh I saw think a word that meant dangerous creature that had an opposite that was a uh a a harmless creature or a, a creature that's likely to run away. I guess there's a few things that relate to their empathic abilities that I don't quite understand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another really cool thing about the dictionary, and by the way, I I recommend that you go and take a look at this at the very least, um, is that uh, she she provides you with a number of of elements for each entry. Um, So there's 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 the citation form, but there's also a form uh, written in her font there's the IPA pronunciation. Uh, it's part of speech, of course, it's basic definition. But then she also has example sentences, extra notes, um, etymologies, um, and sometimes she has a little see also thing. Um, and w- what's neat about how she's coded this is that you can have as much or as little information as you want. You go to the right-hand side under display settings. Uh, you can get rid of uh, the font version, which actually isn't turned on by default. Uh, you can get rid of the pronunciation if you already know how things are pronounced. Um, get rid of the notes. Get rid of the etymologies. It's it's really 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 cool. I think it's one of the uh, 
certainly one of the best dictionaries, best online dictionaries I've ever seen. Hers and uh, Sylvia Sotomayor's uh, for Kaylin are, I think, top notch. Yeah, it's definitely a great, um, a, a, a well-designed sort of online dictionary. Again, like William said before, you can't necessarily um, copy all of it without some technical skill. But I think um, just the idea of having usage notes and etymologies and, you know, Ver and the C also cross-referencing stuff. That's those are things that anybody, when they're making their dictionary, should be thinking about having. I know that my uh, dictionary, which I haven't published for uh, Iorio, is not nearly as good as this. Or it'd be kind of hard to implement though, using LaTeX. My goodness. Well, no, I can't do the. Um, the options, but I mean, I don't have all of these things for as many of words as, as she does. Mm-hmm. Mainly because I didn't do any etymology, but um, I don't have usage notes for everything, just for a few words. Um, anyway, uh, I don't know. Any other... Mike, you've had so many problems during this episode. Are you, are you on? Um, I don't know if you noticed this, but he has dropped again. He's completely gone. So we don't have Mike right now. I don't know, David. Do you have yeah. any sort of last things to say about Ashiel? Uh It's just that you know, I I think that Ashiel is one of the more um, lovingly detailed personal languages you'll find on the internet, and it's certainly been around a while. Um, and it's definitely worth a look if you uh, if you've never heard of it, like you know, if you're newer to conlanging, um, uh, go and check it out. Um, oh, and by the way, the website is, well, you'll include the website, right? It's just arthay.com yeah, slash conlang. I will, I will be linking to that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, cause Arthay is a little weird to spell. A-R-T-H-I, nope. no, A-R-T-H-A-E-Y, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike, um, we were just gonna yeah, wrap I'm up the discussion. Back, but- I'm kind of back, but you guys are still losing a lot of bits of your uh, speech. Yeah. Um, I Before we sort of start wrapping up, Mike, do you have any uh, sort of final observations or anything about Asha'il? Final? Uh, final thoughts, final um, observations yeah. about the language. Uh- um, yes, I like it a lot. Like, it's fantastically presented. Uh, has a lot of very interesting things. Um, I like how she did a very good job of explaining it. Very. Mike? I uh, let him know that we lost him. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, if, if we can get Mike back, we'll, um, ask him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, right. conti- can you continue that? You were saying she did a very good job of exploiting something? Good job explaining, um, you know, how a lot of different things are used in there, like uh, the voices, the conjugations, the, the culture. It was very nice. I like it a lot. Okay. All right. Um, so uh, before you drop again, Mike... Uh, I'm just going to say we don't really have any feedback today, so I'm just going to get be wrapping it up now. I will say uh, please keep sending in the the top of the show greetings 
in Conlang's or in Matt Lang's if you're a native speaker, uh, there's the, the contribute page on, on the site to, to tell you exactly what you're supposed to translate and all that, that, uh, stuff. But Mike, before you drop out again, I'm going to ask you, what is your, what are your final words of wisdom? Keep conlanging and it's awesome. And, uh, read new, read conlangs and, uh, go team. Hey. Okay. <laughs> David, do you have any final words of wisdom? Well, I suppose in these dark times of ours, it's uh, good to remember that ice cream is still plentiful. So take advantage of that. One day we may not have ice cream anymore. And, uh, and, and of course, stop using the morphemes. It's bad for you. Will it make you go blind? <laughs> it, 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 it'll, it'll, make your, it'll make your con lane go blind. It'll make your con lane feel like it's basically... You know, you know, flat world, flat land. Uh, uh, you know, actually, I should stop there. Do you know flat land? Uh, well, the, the, the before before uh, David goes on on his as his rant about morphemes, I'm going to say happy conlanging. Thank you for listening to Conlangery. You can find our archives and show notes at conlangery.com. You can send questions, comments or topic or featured language suggestions to conlangery at gmail.com. To submit a conlang or natlang greeting for the top of the show, see our contribute page for details. Web space for conlangery is provided by the Language Creation Society, and our theme music is by Null Device. You know what you would call prepositions. Hello? That, that hello. Can you not hear me, David or Mike? Did, hello. Is this I an awkward pause? Okay. Where were you? By the way, your mic quality is just reduced sharply, Mike. <laughs> That's probably just downsampling. Okay, that makes oh, sense. Well, I haven't changed anything, so let yeah, me... it's downsampling. Yeah, it's funny. I I never heard that word before, and I don't really know what it means. But I basically know what it means. It's a okay, it's a nice well, n- a nice coinage for whoever came up with downsampling. Well, well done, well done. Um, I just checked my audio settings, and I just oh, there you go. Apparently, well, uh, I don't know if Skype was like, "Hey, Blue Snowball, you know, go fly a kite." I'm not. I don't like you anymore. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's because it sounded like it was downsampling. I don't know. <laughs> Well, it's, oh, it's, okay. it's it's all good now. Anyway, yeah. So I I, I can't hear you. Okay, there you are. I'm losing lots of bits. I think what he was going to say is that there's absolutely no reason that he shouldn't be ordering me a pizza. Back. Okay. So so Mike, so, as you were saying, yeah, you were going to order me a pizza. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. But <laughs> no, you were saying you I'm were saying that you were going to. I seem to have dropped out, and I'll keep talking. Um, and hope yeah. I come back in. The internet doesn't want Michael to tell us uh, what he wants to do with his language. Hello. Hi, Mike. 
Hi. David is now not responding. Why? Did I offend him? I don't know. He just wants you to order him a pizza. Oh, I'm sorry. My mic was on mute. No wonder you couldn't hear me. Yeah, my mic was on mute because I was doing a lot of clicking. Sorry. <laughs> you can have fun editing this. You you give me a little bit on that. I wanted to front load you guys with some stuff. But gotcha. um, you see, I like to I like to pretend that I know more about uh, conlings than I do. Ashail is one of them. This is your banana boat, George? So you just uh, tell us what what we what we're doing. I thought you said you were in Pennsylvania. I was. My mom lives in Pennsylvania. I'm all. I've been. I've done the podcast from New Jersey. Um, well, several sites in New Jersey, both north and south, and New, and Newark. I've done it from uh, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, Maine, New Hampshire. Um, you disgust me. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> uh, if I could, I would never leave the spot that I'm sitting at. Oh yeah, is it comfy? Ever, and that's the really thing. It's not. It's not even like that comfortable. Not so comfortable where it's like, oh my god, this is the best thing I've ever sat in. No, no, it's just that I hate traveling that much. For the timber industry, the only thing that I will say about Maine is this: uh, on the plus side, it has dark shadows. On the minus side, it has Stephen King. Huh. Well, um, the reason I'm you don't like Stephen here. King. Of course not. Why is that even a question? Allow Michael to continue. <laughs> Fort Smith is a place. Yeah, like, that's yeah. not like hardcore main. It's like softcore main. Yeah. <laughs> At least you're not going to Cabot Cove where you're likely to get killed. Where you're yeah. likely to get killed. There's, there's a place in North Maine called Mount Desert. <laughs> yeah, right. We're not believing that. <laughs> Um, I guess nobody else watched Murder She Wrote wa- growing up, so I watched the intro to Murder She Wrote. <gasps> oh, a that lot. Yeah, that's. What did you say about Cabot Cove? I was. I saw my first episode of Murder She Wrote not too long ago, and um, I sent. Um, I sent the boyfriend a picture of of uh, Jessica. I think her name is. Yeah, the main the character, Fletcher. and he, and he's like, "Stay away from her. Everybody near her dies." <laughs> <laughs> Because apparently that's just like what happened in the show, so. Yeah, it's going to be a second segment, but we're going to call it a fourth segment.